You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to the Savage Lovecast. You know, you write a sex advice column for 18 years, which means I've been doing it long enough now that I'm giving advice to the children of the people I gave advice to when I first started writing the column. This has actually happened. I've actually gotten letters from people who are 15 years old who say that I gave advice to their parents 15, 16 years ago. And that makes me want to blow my brains out, I have to say. Uh, but you get a reputation. People think you're obsessed with sex when you write a sex advice column. Uh, you know, and you go on TV. Occasionally, I was on MSNBC this week and Larry King. You talk about sex. You talk about abstinence. You talk about fags. You give Obama an F on gay rights as I did on MSNBC last week. But people think you're obsessed about sex and I'm actually not obsessed about sex. What I am obsessed with is sugar. And the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth today presented me with a absolutely awesome chocolate chip pecan butterscotch something or other cookie and it's kind of it's kind of crack i mean i don't eat a lot of crack occasionally the boyfriends ha 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 nobody else's but it's kind of like crack and i don't do a lot of crack occasionally the boyfriends nobody else's this cookie is crack as i've understood been led to believe that crack is you know really awesome blows your mind really powerful drug this is the crack cocaine of chocolate chip cookies. And I'm going to eat this throughout the show. There's like eight of them here. I'm going to eat all of them throughout the show and make myself throw up afterwards because, you know, I'm gay. I got to stay skinny. So you're going to have to listen to me advise and chew. And I realize that's rude. Giving people advice with your mouth full is rude. Making people listen to you masticate a delicious chocolate chip cookie. That's rude. But you know what? Calling up some dude and leaving him messages about your the most personal squicky details of your sex life and expecting him to call you back – that's kind of presumptuous too. And you know what? If you're going to badger me to give you advice every once in a while, I'm going to make you listen to me eat while I give you advice. We got to meet you, meet each other halfway, folks, halfway. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item plus a free gift with most purchases, please visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. This is Katie. I'm an 18-year-old college student, and I have a pretty big problem that's making me really unhappy right now. Um, I'm really inexperienced. I've only had one serious relationship. I've only had sex, like, three times, and that was over a year ago. Um, this, and this is in part due to the fact that I went to an all-girls school, and there just weren't a lot of opportunities in high school for me to, you know, explore my sexuality. But I've, I always looked to college as a time when I would be able to do this, when I would try everything and be wild and crazy, because I think I'm actually pretty kinky, I want to be with girls, I want to try BDSM, and all this stuff, but once I got here, I just felt the pressure of that, the pressure that this is the time, you know, I need to be doing this, I need to be exploring, I need to be having these adventures, and now whenever I try to talk to a guy or a girl, I just feel very, very nervous, and just the pressure of all that, and this isn't even, like, 
talking in a romantic way in any any interaction I have. Like, I only have one good friend here. And she is taking a year off next year. So I'm pretty miserable right now. And it's going to get worse. So I really need some advice about how to get past this, how to meet people, how to, you know, join the rest of the world and stop sitting in my room reading the Brothers Karamazov. Yes, you're alone in your room and you can talk right now. Oh, that is actually true. And you know what? That's your first problem. You need to get the fuck out of your room. You're putting way too many carts before way too many horses. Um, you know, you say you're lonely, you only have this one friend, she's going away for a year, and then you're sort of dicing that all up with, I'm really horny, I want to explore all my kinks, I want to fuck girls, I want to fuck boys, la 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 la, and now's the time, I'm 18 years old and I didn't do any of this in high school, why haven't I done any of this yet? You know what, most people who are super kinky and have explored their sexualities weren't really exploring them uh, to any great extent at 18. So take a deep breath, masturbate a lot, fantasize about the shit you want to fantasize about, and then get out of your fucking room and meet people. And it's just, you know, it goes back to Ann Landers, the oldest cliches. Join a club. Join a book club. What are your other yeah. interests beyond cock and pussy? <laughs> you will meet people with cocks and pussies while you pursue your interests that do not directly involve cock and pussy and bondage and whatever else it is you want to try. And you might meet somebody who's down with wanting to try the things that you want to try sex-wise while you're doing other things that you both enjoy. But no one's going to kick down the room to your dorm, or the door to your dorm room, you know, with a bunch of tackle and eye bolts and rope. Yeah. Sorry to just just... glare at you like this, but I'm having sugar. (laughs) That's fine. Um, I just feel like... I get really nervous that You know what now. everybody else does? Everybody else does, too. The world is full of nervous, lonely people. People out there in your shoes, what you need to do, and this is what I did, but, it, you know, I shouldn't be so hard on you because it took me until I was, like, 24 to start doing this, was I, like, looked at other people and said, I don't have anyone to hang around with on Saturday night. You want to run around the clubs with me? Let's go hang out. So we're both not, like, sitting home doing nothing. Let's just run around. And those people became some of my best friends. And, but they weren't going to say it to me. It took me to say it to them. And it, sometimes somebody's got to take the initiative. There are other people out there, girls your age, boys your age, people at your school, who are sitting in their room right now for want of someone to run around with. And all you got to do is be the first person to say, hey, we're in this book club together, and we have a slight rapport. What are you doing Saturday night? Let's go see a movie. Let's go have a drink. Let's go run around. Let's go do something. And if you can bring yourself, you know, you're not going to be able to bring yourself to say, hey, I want to eat your pussy and I want you to tie me up. <laughs> if you can't bring yourself to say, what are you doing Saturday night? Let's go run around. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. People have told me that, like, when, like, they've hung out with me for just, like, a short period of time, I come off as really, like, pretentious and frigid and Well, you icy did, you did and a Brothers Karamazov reference, which you know, <laughs> my program. It's pretentious, I have to say. Yeah. Well, I, I might be a little who's pretentious. Saying, who's saying that to you? Under, you know, who's undermining you with that? Who's putting that into your head? Okay, so you're a little... Uh, find some other pretentious halfwits to hang out with. You're not the only pretentious douchebag at your college, I assure you. 
Yeah, I, Don't I regard your pretensions okay. as somehow disqualifying you from hanging out with all of humanity. Just find some other pretentious fucks to hang out with. Colleges are full of little clumps of pretentious fucks around being pretentious together. Yeah, people also have said I come off as really prudish, which is the opposite of the case. Yeah, and people, the people you're meeting are young and stupid and don't yet realize that still waters run deep and you can't judge a book by its cover. And some of the most off-the-hook, craziest, in bed, sexiest motherfuckers out there are the people who, when you first meet them, you think, wow, block of ice. And then you don't realize they're actually a tube of icy hot. You have to make the effort, though. You say, I'm lonely, I only have this one friend, she's leaving, I'm miserable, what do I do? You have to make the effort. You have to do the work. Go to the gym, join a book club, find somebody else who's reading the Brothers of Karamazov, get involved with, I don't know, where are you going to school and what are you studying? Right outside of Chicago, well, studying what is English. Shame that there's no human beings in Chicago. <laughs> the Chicago land area, I think there's actually four people. What are the chances that you would be compatible with any of them? What are the odds that one of those four might be a, a, a similarly uh, lonely, pretentious fuck? And I'm not saying you're pretentious. Just don't buy into that like pretentious shit that people throw at you. But you might want to modulate your literary references when you first meet people. Yeah, Those yeah, I, I, that's good advice. Talk about how much you loved angels and demons. <laughs> Not these Karamazov shit. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one a read and try to work it into conversation. All right. But the only right, thing on yeah. you, there's no like magic words. There's no spell I can mutter that's going to have people lined up outside your door who want to hang out with you and fuck you. You got to do the work. Yeah. And are you a nerd? Um. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You know, a few months ago, we had my good friend Mistress Matisse, who's a pro dom here on the show, and she pointed out that most of the kinky people you will meet in the world are nerds, and God bless the nerds. So find the nerds, good. and you will find the kinksters. I mean, I think my school is probably full of nerds. And you know what? I think a bunch of them are beating off BDSM porn in their rooms late at night, all alone, bemoaning the fact that there are no girls on their campus who are interested in this shit. you got to get out there and put yourself in front of them. Thank you, Dan. Bye. Hi, Dan. My name is Stephen, and I'm a 25-year-old gay male. Um, I recently gave up the goat on uh, a long time trying to convince myself that I was bisexual, and I've been steadily coming out to some of my friends, and so far it's been going peachy. Um, my question is this. Uh, my best friend, I'll say, since perpetuity, is uh, of a pretty conservative religious order, and uh, I, I love him as a friend. Uh, and we've been really close for a long time, and I want to find a way to tell him, uh, knowing that he might react badly in need space. And I've been thinking about ways to do it, and I don't know if taking out to lunch someday or trying to tell him at my place and let him leave or try to tell him at his place and then leave if he wants me to. And then I start thinking that I'm kind of approaching this like a breakup, and my leaving expectations that I want our friendship to end when I really don't. Uh, I'm still going to be his friend after I tell him. Uh, I'd like him to still be my friend after I tell him. Now, but you say you gave up the goat. I didn't realize that goats played a large role in bisexual expression. Uh, I like idioms. <laughs> I, thought but, was, uh, I thought you give up the ghost. Oh, You don't give maybe. up the goat unless you're a bisexual bestiality dude. You give up the ghost. Okay, well, I gave up the ghost. 
You say you like idioms, but it seems you like idioms about as much as you like girls, sort of hypothetically. <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Well, I'm from the Midwest, so, I mean. <laughs> All right, and you wanted to avoid words with STs in them because you wouldn't want to have a telltale lisp until you're ready to come out. Now, mm-hmm. on to your problem. This dude, a uh, funny yeah. Christian friend. Yes. Tell him in a neutral space. Don't tell him at your space where you feel like he's going to, you know, he'll feel awkward if he has to flee. Uh, and don't tell him at his house so that you don't, you're not put in the position potentially of him chucking you out and making you feel bad. Tell him on the quad. Tell him at a restaurant. Tell him in a cafe. Tell him on a street corner. Tell him on a park bench. But tell him. Yeah. And tell him soon. And, you know, your fears that he may not be able to be your friend are, fa- are well-founded. He may not be able to be your friend. And if he can't be your friend anymore, fuck him. You deserve better, but he'll, you know, he'll never prove to you that your friendship is more important to him than his misconceptions about homosexuality unless you give him the chance. Right. And what you said in your call to me was really kind of touching and sweet, and you know, if you're looking for a high-tech way to come out to him, put the headphones on him and let him listen to you talk to me. Just yeah. listen to your call. He doesn't have to listen to my jackassery. Because you're obviously, in the call, you know, you're obviously distressed, you obviously really care for this guy, and you're trying to find the right way to do this, and your sensitivity totally comes across. Okay. And, you know, you can do that. You can say, listen to this call on this jackass's podcast, and then when he looks at you, say, yeah, that's me, talking about you. I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> and don't freak out if he, like, bolts for six months or a year. It may take him time. Uh, I wasn't going to. I, mean, I figure it took me about seven years to come to terms with this, it may take him longer than 30 seconds. Yeah, you don't know how tightly he's going to grip his goat. But hopefully <laughs> he'll give his goat up eventually, and then maybe your goats can run off together and live happily ever after, and your friendship will survive. Yes. All right, good luck. Thank you. Give us a call back, let us know how it went, and probably right, that you'll do it this weekend. Uh, I may have to wait a little longer than that. Rip but... the band-aid off. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier. The longer you let him believe in this lie version of yourself, the more cause he has to be aggrieved when you do come out to him. Because now it's an active lie. Now it's it's an assumption he's making about you that he assumes you're straight. And you're straight enough to let him make that assumption. You know you're gay, you're gay identified, you started telling other people, now it's an active lie. And nobody likes to be lied to. Right. All right? Okay, well thank you for your advice. Sure thing, bye. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products to spice up your love life or surprise a special someone. Adamandeve.com has a great selection of toys, lingerie, and movies. 10 million customers love the quality, the fast and discreet shipping, and the 100% satisfaction guarantee. Visit adamandeve.com today and receive 50% off most any item of your choice, plus a free gift with a purchase of $17 or more. That's adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, My name is Patty. I'm a 25-year-old straight female. Uh, My question is basically um, about porn. Um, I've always acted like kind of a prude in front of my boyfriend about porn. I'm not really sure why, because when he's not around, I tend to watch it at least twice if he's he's gone for a week or so. Um, But the issue is, he knows this. I mean, he's seen my computer history and everything. Um, The issue is, the porn that I usually watch is lesbian porn. Um, Not really sure why that is. Straight porn doesn't really do it for me. Um, My question is, I kind of want to introduce this to our current sex life, but I'm not really sure how to do it without 
acting like or without seeming like I've been a big fat liar, even though it's kind of what I've been for the last six years. Um, so if you have any ideas on how to introduce this to my boyfriend without actually, you know, totally blowing his mind and potentially making him angry with me, um, I'm all ears. Uh, so thank you. Oh my God, this cookie is so good. I'm sorry. What was your problem? Oh, right. You're lying sack of shit. Okay. Don't worry about it. 99.99% of straight men, when their girlfriends confess that they've been lying to them and they actually love porn and they love particularly girl-on-girl porn, your boyfriend's going to feel like he won the fucking girlfriend lottery. The odds that he's going to be angry about the lie, really slim. If he is angry about the lie and not just overjoyed about the news, he's totally a fag or a closet case or something. And you should dump him immediately and find one of the tens of hundreds of millions of straight guys out there who want nothing more than a girlfriend who digs porn, her own and his, and is into girl-on-girl action. You are a precious commodity and you should market yourself. You are in demand. You are a pearl of great value. You are, you are, a, you are the fucking dream girlfriend, and that's how you should present it to him. You should, don't you know? Say, okay, I told you a little white lie because I was a little embarrassed because you know there are a lot of girls who feel this way about porn, but I fucking love porn about as much as Savage loves his cookie. Mmm, girl and girl porn. Mmm, chocolate chip cookies. Mmm. Hi, this is Rachel. I'm a 26 year old straight female. Um, I've been my way with my fiance for about six years now. We have a great relationship. We make a good team. We have similar life goals. Our families get along great, except when it comes to sex. I have had long-standing self-esteem, body and sex issues and trust issues and all that fun stuff and fairly inexperienced. Um, I lost my virginity pretty young, but I've only been with three men, my fiancé being the third. I've known that he's kind of kinky for years now, but it's over the past year and a half that we actually became engaged and I've learned the extent he signed us up last summer for a BDSM website without my knowledge and put information about me and pictures of me with my face blacked out on this site. I didn't find out until eight months later that he had actually done it. Um, I know he's been talking to people. He hasn't really talked to me about it. He's also told me several times over the past six years that he doesn't think he's capable of expressing love through sex. And also, I have to drink and be emotionally manipulated into performing some of the BDSM stuff that he wants me to do. And I feel really terrible afterwards. And I feel like it's making my sex and trust issues worse. So I guess the question for you would be, can we make this work? Do you think we're going to be able to work this out? Or should I just leave now and quit wasting both of our time? Listen, I I just listened to your call. And I have to tell you that... Even if I, even if it was played back to me in Japanese or something, just the tone of your voice and how upset and angry and violated you sound, strip all the words away, would leave me inclined to call you back and have someone tell you in Japanese to leave this guy. The posting of your pictures online, setting aside all the other issues, is such a violation of trust. And you, you need to listen to what he's telling you when he says, you know, he's not able to have the kind of sex that you say you'd like to have. He's not capable of that. And are you willing to do the things you're being asked to do that you do not enjoy for decades? 
I know, and that's what I was thinking about. Um, and I know you've got six years invested in this guy, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, we're pretty financially entangled. I'm pretty dependent on him right now. Um, and that's no reason. That's like prostitution. That's no reason to stay, and I understand well, that. Relationships are about love and sex and romance and also sometimes about finance, and that can't be a bad And you're not um, one. No, I know. <laughs> My thing is, in... As a thought, I'm okay with the things he wants to do. Like, in my head, I can I can deal with it all right. It's actually in practice that I'm having a hard time. So I can picture myself performing cunnilingus, but if I actually had to do it, I'd be <laughs> crying. So that's kind of moot. Sounds like you've given it a go, right? So it's not like you have a debilitating sexual hang-up where you're not willing to try something once. This sounds like... Well, I never... I was, it was, it was kind of... It was kind of like on me. It sounds like you're sexually incompatible and that you have trust issues and that he violated your trust pretty brutally, in my opinion, by posting pictures to a BDSM website without your knowledge or consent, faces or no faces. Well, yeah, I've forgiven him for that. I mean, he thoroughly apologized and... I, I believed him. Okay, well, he was like, I was an asshole, I shouldn't have done it, you know. Okay, well, if he was abject and apologized to your satisfaction and you believe he was sincerely sorry, that doesn't change what may be a bedrock sexual incompatibility. You, you, you know, are you prepared to have a sex life that makes you miserable for the rest of your life? I don't know, that's what I was thinking. If I could. Is he capable well, of vanilla sex? Of... Yeah, that's usually, that's usually what, well, it's not, it's, it's not very intimate. It has been over the six years, but not on a regular basis. And it's usually just for new sex. Like I'd say maybe once a month or once every other month he asks. For the SM? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you down and with doing it with other people? I've mentioned to him, but part of it for him is that it involves me. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like, I... I'm to the point where I would prefer that he takes it somewhere else. And I think that's really haven't. He travels a lot for work. And I told him, like, you know, you want a girlfriend in another city, that doesn't really bother me. But I don't. he doesn't want to do that. You know, if you read The Other Side of Desire, that new book uh, that came out um, about kinks and fetishes, you know, there's a profile of, the, of a dominatrix in there um, who didn't come into her own as a sadist until she was already married to some dude. And they have sort of a loving uh, understanding and a really loving relationship, but it totally comes across in the book, and I recommend you read it. Um, he's like, you know, she does her thing and whatever. Uh, I don't get it. She doesn't do it with me. And he's not threatened by it, and she really enjoys her play partners who are not her husband. And that works because he's off the hook, literally uh, the hooks. Uh, well, and, see, I don't... and if he can't do that, it just listen to the sound of your own voice. If he can't do that with others, if it must be you, and this isn't something that you are capable of enjoying, it's not going to work. I feel like it might be something down the road. Like if we ease into it, I might be able to participate in. Like I don't know if I'll ever be like, yay, this is going to be the best, but. I think it might be able to be something I could get over. That's what I was trying to ask you. I don't know if the question came across. If, if it happens. There's good giving in game. Right? There's like, well, you know, sometimes you give your partner a job even when you're not 
you know, there's not much in it for you, potentially, but you want to make them happy. And that's grand. And I, th- and I do think people should do that for someone that they love. Um, but, you know, there's sometimes, there's, you know, there's a line at which that, that when you cross it, someone is actually then participating in a kind of sex that leaves them sounding as traumatized as you sound. And that that's too far. That's beyond GGG. You sound really unhappy. I am, but it's not him. It's not him. It's not him. No, it's not him. It's There's nothing wrong with his sexual interests. No, there's not. And I don't... I mean, and it's... You I should be able. To, I should be able to do it. No, I should totally no, be cool. No. no, I totally should. I had a girlfriend in high school. Should I have been able to like eat her pussy? No, like not what I was interested in. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I was capable. I couldn't have done that for sixty years if we'd gotten married in high school. Like you can love him and you can be emotionally compatible, and there can be a sexual disconnect that's so large that the rest of it doesn't can't paper over the difference. Doesn't matter. You can't be in a multi-decade sexual relationship with someone whose sexual interests thoroughly traumatize you. They don't thoroughly traumatize me. I'm not thoroughly traumatized. You sound traumatized. I'm not. I'm not. But you're nervous about signing up for this for the rest of your life. Yes. I think you should Google kink-aware professionals, and you should find a kink-positive therapist who can help you, that you can go to with him if you're interested in, like, a last-ditch attempt to salvage this relationship in the particular we, marriage. We've talked about counseling many times, even just, like, regular couples counseling. Um, the problem is, like I said before, he travels a lot for work, and I don't have health insurance, so it would be dependent on us doing it together okay. so we could, you could go do see, it through his health insurance. a therapist for four or five sessions for under $1,000, under $800, perhaps under $500 if you're really broke. If you're going to have a wedding, you're going to spend that much on hors d'oeuvres or more. Oh, no, we're not. I'm, I'm not sentimental. I'm not having a wedding. <laughs> it's an investment even if you don't have fucking health insurance, right? Okay. Ther- you know, therapy doesn't mean you're in therapy once a week or thrice a week for the rest of your fucking life and it's $800 billion. You can go have a few conversations with a shrink and get a kink positive shrink. Go to the Kink Aware Professionals Network. Get a kink positive shrink so that he feels safe talking about what he's going to but someone who isn't going to necessarily only take his side, because I don't think even, you know, I'm a kink positive person, and I'm not taking his side in this necessarily. But you haven't heard his side either. I know. Well, that's so. why I'm telling you to go see a fucking shrink. <laughs> Stop making excuses. Stop no, I know, I know. Keep trying to argue yourself back into this place of helplessness where nothing can be done. You can do shit. You can make up your own mind. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. I know. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And I'm. Uh, I hope this works out. That doesn't mean I hope you're together forever. Like you may be great and glorious friends the rest of your life, and just not together romantically. It doesn't have to be the end of your relationship, but it may be the end of your intimate relationship. All right. All right. I hear you. Thank you. Sure thing. Bye. Hi, Dan. This is uh, Aaron calling from California, and I just wanted to respond to the lady calling in episode 134 who said her boyfriend made bored-ass faces whenever he was on top, or sorry, whenever she was on top. Yeah, my boyfriend makes really angry, scary faces when we're having sex, and sometimes I ask him about them, and he says he's gotten so wrapped up in the sex he completely forgot what his face was doing. 
So there's a really good chance that her boyfriend doesn't even realize that he's making these faces. And I'm sure he'd be mortified if he knew that they were offending her so much. So maybe she should just mention it to him, and it's not that big of a deal. Hopefully that helps. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks so much for your input. We value your input here at Savage Love Cast. Um, sorry, I was eating a cookie and I didn't hear what you said, but uh, the tech savvy at risk youth assure me that it was on point, uh, totally legit, and um, moved the ball down the field. They use a lot of football metaphors, the tech savvy at risk youth, but uh, they go right over my head. But thank you for your call. Hi, Dan. I was listening to podcast 133 actually while I was out on my run today. And I was so irate by your response to the woman who called regarding the custody dog issue that I actually had to stop my run and call you. Um, You cannot just get a new dog, just like any child would love you if you fed it and took care of it. I I know any dog will, but each dog, like a child, is an individual creature that has its own personality. And it's, yeah, uh, you can't just replace a dog like you can't replace a child. Um, and I, I, I think that the, the caller needs to work it out with her ex, just as if she would work it out if they had a child together. You know, she needs to kind of get past the, the issue that she has with his current girlfriend, even though that woman drove a wedge in their marriage. I understand, you know, she needs to be the bigger person and for the good of her dog and to maintain that relationship, she needs to, to get get past that and, and be an adult. And also I would highly recommend that she look for a place that does allow dogs um, so that she can have her dog with her more often and in a more convenient manner. So anyway, I just had to call. That really bothered me. I usually agree with everything you say, but, but that one just, just put me over the top. Thank you so much for your completely unhinged response to my obvious observation. Uh, dogs aren't children and children aren't dogs. Uh, my next door neighbor's dog, uh, my next door neighbor had a dog. She just had it put down. I don't think you can do that with your kids. And they did get a new one. They ran right out and got a new dog. If you had one of your children put down, nobody's going to let you adopt a new one. Uh, dogs are lovely. Dogs are nice. Uh, I live with a dog that belongs to my partner and my son, a one-eyed deaf toy poodle. It's always running into walls and trees. And if you leave your dirty underwear on the floor, he'll eat it. Um, I have a child. He's never attempted to eat my dirty underwear on the floor. So that's, that for me, that's a clear marker of distinction between child and dog. The dog will eat my dirty underwear. The child steps over my dirty underwear. Also, I can put the dog down and I may not put the child down. You know, a pet is not a human. And I know they have lovely little personalities that they've evolved to have to sucker us into believing that they give a shit about us when all we are are really fucking dog food Pez dispensers where if they look darling, we'll fucking feed them. And if they don't look darling, we won't. So they evolve to look more and more darling with their big fucking sad eye in my dog's case. But you don't have to be, you know, and I like our dog, fine, but I know I'm being manipulated at every moment with the sad eye routine, and you're being manipulated too, and that's fine. That's what you get out of the relationship with your dog, you know. You make me feel like I'm not alone in the howling void that is the universe every once in a while, and I'll give you some of this fucking ground-up horse meat or whatever's in your dog food. That's the little interspecies exchange. But you know what? If somebody kidnapped my dog tomorrow, he'd love that person just as much as he loves us, so long as that person kept the kibbles coming. Someone kidnapped my kid tomorrow, he might be traumatized for the rest of his life, not the dog. Dog doesn't care.
But thank you very much for your input. We're going to leave it there. <laughs> I imagine there's a dog runner, dog lovers all over town who are rushing to their phones. Really spare me. We're not going to run another one of these calls because I don't like dogs. Um, they're hairy. They smell bad. Uh, and you have to pick up their shit. If it were a human, you'd have it institutionalized because it's a dog. It's your pet. I don't understand that. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the Savage Lovecast. If you'd like to record a call that is not about dogs for a future show, the tech savvy at risk don't want to delete that many calls. 206-201. Oh, my God. Peter Sagal, duck, gunfire. Peter, get off your bike, duck. Once again, that number, 206-201-2720. Back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. And I have one bite left of this delicious cookie. I'm going to make you listen to me eat it. This one goes out to all the dog lovers out there. It's funny that I'm talking about if you feed dogs, they'll love you. It's actually how the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth have trained me. They bring little treats to all their podcast recording sessions so I come on time, so I'm focused. They hold the cookies up. I basically am a dog. Mm-hmm.